Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Hello, my name is Beth Rose Middleton, and I'm a professor of Native American Studies at University of California, Davis. I was born and raised about an hour and a half from here in the Sierra foothills, and I'm a proud Aggie alumna. I completed my Bachelor of Arts in Nature and Culture back in 2001. My work centers on Native and Indigenous environmental policy and the use of conservation tools for site protection and land stewardship. I'm passionate about increasing diverse, underrepresented perspectives in environmental policy and planning and climate adaptation. Beth Rose, welcome to Face to Face. Thank you for having me. Great I'm to glad be to here. have you here. We're so interested in what you're doing, and I hope to have a real good conversation about that. Um, we want to talk about your work in public engaged scholarship at here at UC Davis. Um, and I guess the first question would be, how did you find yourself uh, uh, becoming a Native American scholar? Thank you. Well, I really see it as being guided by community members. Uh, when I went to work after I graduated from UC Davis, I moved up to Plumas County and went to work for a nonprofit called Sierra Institute for Community and Environment, which is focused on rural sustainable development. And they shared office space with the Maidu Culture and Development Group. So I spent more time, uh, more and more time with the MCDG, learning about some of the issues they were facing in particular the flooding of their lands uh, by hydroelectric facilities. And I realized how little was told about that outside of their community. And I, as someone who grew up in the Sierras, I was surprised by how much I didn't know about Native and Indigenous displacement. And it really drove me to do something about it. Okay. And that one of the things that drove you to do was write two books, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your two books are Trust in the Land, New Directions in Tribal Conservation and Upstream, Trust Lands and Power on the Feather River. Can you tell us a little bit about the two books? Yes, uh, Trust in the Land was my first book. That also grew out of community conversation. There's a culturally important piece of land, beautiful ranch up in the mountains in Plumas County in Mountain Maidu country. And it was under threat of development. Uh, it had been purchased by a non-native owner who was planning to subdivide it into parcels and make ranchettes. And so I, I knew the family for whom that was their, their cultural place, their, their village, their historical, ancestral place. And I also knew the land trust, the local land trust. And I started talking with them about, you know, what are pathways to address this so that the land is not sold and subdivided, uh, so that it can remain in a, a natural state for native land stewardship, so that it can be accessible always to the family. And so that led to the investigation of native land trusts and tribal use of conservation easements, just that specific example. And I found so many interesting partnerships and also, you know, what's grown from that project is the development of a Native Land Trust Council of, of Native Land Trusts. And it's just exciting to see all of the leadership in Native conservation. 
The second book is called Upstream, Trust Lands and Power on the Feather River, and it's directly about the flooding of Mountain Maidu lands due to hydro development by the predecessor companies to PG&E, which conveyed power to San Francisco, and also by the State Water Project, which moved water from the Feather River all the way down to San Diego. So it's kind of the, the stories from based on the archives, kind of holding the archive accountable to what happened to Indigenous homelands and how people are working to address that today. So clearly you're a scholar in this area of, of Native American studies, but you would also have found yourself uh, an, an advocate for Native peoples in the region. Can you tell us how you navigate those two different roles? Yes, I would say it's always interesting not being a tribal member myself, um, but I think it's been really important for me to learn more about homeland history. I want to credit Pam Gonzalez, who uh, I have the privilege of working with and who really helped me think about, you know, why are we not teaching and learning more about Putwin, Wintoon history here? And similarly, where I grew up, about Miwok history, Maidu history, where I've lived. And not only history, but linked to contemporary communities, contemporary leadership, contemporary governance. So I try often to not be at the forefront, but to, to make sure other people's voices are being heard directly from communities. Uh, but I do have the opportunity in the classroom to really diversify what students are reading, who they're hearing from, the filmmakers they're hearing from, the artists, the musicians. So I take that opportunity to showcase maybe some of the indigenous native voices that are, have not been heard as much and to create more opportunities for those voices to be heard. Indeed. So the uh, advocacy and the scholarship really are synergistic uh, in your uh, in your world, uh, and that really shows through. Um, I want to talk about one issue that's upcoming. In 2024, the four Claymath hydroelectric, hydroelectric dams will be coming down. Can you talk about what this will mean for the Native peoples in, in uh, the area uh, that have inhabited those lands for centuries? Yes. The significance of the Klamath Dam removal and other dam removals really can't be overstated. So in almost all of these cases of these large infrastructure projects, they were put in without consent of Native peoples, although Native peoples were the most affected. So whenever these projects went in, they disrupted the fishery, changed the whole ecosystem, changed people's ability to carry out their traditional responsibilities, their traditional lifeways there. So the Klamath is one example of that. Those four dams have caused a lot of damage for the fishery, for the whole ecosystem, and for cultural relationships with that place. Seeing them come down, and also not only seeing them come down, but seeing the advocacy by Yurok, Rook, Hoopa, and other peoples who have been fighting for those dam removals for generations, uh, it's, to see that come to fruition is really exciting. It's kind of a fulfilling moment to mm -hmm. actually see it happen, and uh, um, I'm sure that uh, you have some sense of uh, satisfaction in, in seeing that happen. Uh, yes, I mean, just being a supporter and also working on these issues on other rivers. Right. I just finished a piece on the Aklutna River in southern Alaska, and similar story of appropriation of the water without tribal consent, ongoing impacts, and really kind of erasure of that in public discourse. So trying to draw attention to the history and the voices of community members who've been articulating for the need for the dams to come out, salmon to return, 
for the last, you know, 50 years or more. And now is like a moment in which there's more attention to social justice, there's more attention to environmental issues, there's more attention to indigenous sovereignty and leadership. And so it's, I feel like, a critical moment where we're seeing these big changes. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was in Australia recently, and there's a, a movement to recognize the contributions and the scholarship of the native people of Australia. And in fact, I think there's some uh, act or some law that's uh, being debated and maybe voted on soon. And I, I had never thought about that issue beyond the United States, but this is a story that you know repeats itself you know, in places that have been colonized all over the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Davis is a special place with the Native American Studies Department, being one of the first in the nation. And for me, it's a space of continual learning. I'm always learning new ways of thinking, different epistemologies, different ways of approaching problems, uh, different indigenous perspectives on the way people should relate to each other or to place. And so it's an exciting space and also a space in which those ways of knowing are really um, foregrounded and taken seriously and respected. So I'm glad to hear of that happening in other parts of the world. Yeah, I've become so impressed by people trying to reacquire the native knowledge uh, that was either lost or forgotten or stolen in some cases. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to transition, though, to some other another part of the interview, and it's a fun thing I call hot seat. Uh, your seat's not actually hot, but uh, <laughs> we have a little fun asking some rapid-fire questions where we're seeking uh, one word or one sentence answer to these questions. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, your favorite comfort food? Ooh, uh, ramen. Ramen. The first thing that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite place you've traveled? Oh, uh, we just went to Spain, Granada. It was wonderful. Wow, that sounds nice. I've been to Spain and enjoyed it very much. Um, favorite annual event on UC Davis campus? Oh, that's a tough one. Gosh. Hmm. Whole Earth Festival Whole Earth. is pretty special. Yeah. That's a popular answer. Usually you get Whole Earth or Picnic Day on that mm-hmm. one. So, um, Best film or TV show you've seen lately? Oh, gosh. You know, I have to admit that I watched Survivor, which is kind of silly. But it's something to do with the um, the physical aspect of the challenges that's really interesting to me and the social dynamics. There's also some cultural appropriation in that show, which I don't appreciate. Uh, but I do watch that show from time to time. Well, you're allowed a, a guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, okay, I ask every guest this mm. question. What's at the top of your playlist right now? Mm. I've been listening to Native Hawaiian reggae, actually, because I've been doing a little solidarity work with the folks with Protect Mauna Kea. We mm. have an exhibit in Hart Hall. So Ku'ule music is what I've been listening to. Okay. Ryan Hiroroka music. Yeah. You're the second guest in a row that's referred to reggae, but you're the only one that talked about Native Hawaiian <laughs> reggae. Um, now, I guess it's your turn. You can ask me any question you would like. I was thinking of, you know, all of the different things that have happened on campus since you've been here. How do you deal with challenging times? You know, that's a great question. I guess it really depends on the challenge. There have been so many different things that were in my training manual <laughs> that mm-hmm. I had to, to address and deal with even now. But I guess uh, what keeps me going is focusing on the mission of the university, which is really important to me and really something that gives me satisfaction to see our students learn and our scholars uh, make discoveries and our service to the community and the, and the region as a whole. And whenever I feel like um, something is uh, 
uh, getting me down or challenging me. I try to focus on why I'm here and what we can accomplish. So I guess that's my answer. Mm-hmm. You have any other questions you want to ask? Yes, especially because it's fall and some of the leaves are really pretty outside. What's your favorite season here in Davis? You know, I like spring. <laughs> spring is when the days are getting longer and it's getting warmer and we're anticipating the summer and commencement and things that happen around on campus. So uh, spring has always been my favorite time of year anywhere, including here at Davis. So that's a good question, too, though. I, you know, there are different aspects of all the seasons that I like, but I think spring is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sitting down with me today. It's really been a great conversation, uh, and I'm glad you're here at Davis and you're such a leader and a Uh, well-respected scholar on our campus, and we appreciate you being here. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on Face to Face. Go Ags!